0: It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by 90min, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by Ninety min As ever, I'm your host Harry Simu, and on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be looking ahead to tonight's huge, huge game in the UEFA Europa League. It's the first leg of our quarterfinal with Slavia Prague, and I mean, what a game! It's um, it's massive. You know, we've we've just got so much riding on this now that it's almost become, uh, you know, it's almost become do or die. It's become make or break uh, for uh, for Mikel Arteta and he, he's in desperate need of a positive result here and the kind of result uh, that is going to see his team, uh, pro- you know, at least build the basis Uh, for, you know, progression into the next round. It's absolutely huge because um, we haven't really got a great deal to play for in the Premier League anymore. So um, let's let's see how it goes. I'm feeling really nervous. I can't even get my words out today because I'm feeling so nervous about this one. Um, In this show, we're going to be looking ahead to the game in a bit more detail. We're going to be discussing or I'll be sharing with you guys my Preferred starting eleven for tonight. I want to hear from you guys what yours is too, uh, as well as talking through some uh, predictions. But before we do that, before we get into that, I want to point you in the direction of a fantastic, exciting new predictor game that goes by the name of La Bomb. Check it out, you can see the logo in the top uh, corner of the screen. The link uh, to download La Bomb, I've just put it in the live chat, I've pinned it to the top, and as soon as the video is done, I will uh, chuck that into the description as well, as I forgot to do it in the lead up to the video, but don't worry, it's there if you need it right now. And if you're watching this back on replay, just pop down into the description and you'll be able to pick it up from there. So what is La Bomb? It's a brand new football predictor game where you can go head to head with your mates. And this weekend, I'm going head to head with some of the most renowned football YouTubers uh, on the planet. I'm going up against Rory Jennings, Elliot Hackney, Adam McCullough and Boovy. We've all put a tenner into the pot each uh, and the winner takes all. But bigger than that, it's about bragging rights. The winner takes all, but you get to brag against your mates. And uh, what more do you want than that? Now, this weekend, I've gone for a 3-1 win for the Arsenal at Sheffield United. Let me know if you think that's brave or stupid. And the leaderboard on La Bomb updates live. So you'll be able to follow how that table is going uh, between those of us competing. Uh, throughout the course of the weekend, after every goal goes in, so it is worth checking out. Uh, find the link; you can find it in the comments, or you can find it in the description. Share it with your mates. Get involved, and you've got until twelve thirty PM on Saturday to get those predictions in. So that's Le bon, the new football predicted game, and I thank them uh, for their support of the podcast. So please do head over and check them out. Support them; you'll be supporting me too. So please uh, have a look over there. Right. How are we feeling? How are we feeling um, about this Slavia Prague game? I've talked about it being make or break. I've talked about it being do or die. And unfortunately, we come into it off the back of a really, really disappointing performance against Liverpool. I've received quite a bit of criticism, quite a bit of stick over the last few days for suggesting that that performance against Liverpool you know, the reaction to it has been a little bit overblown um, a little, it's been taken a little bit out of proportion. And I still feel that way, you know, even a few days on, I still feel that way. I still feel like we're an Arsenal side who have been extremely inconsistent throughout the season. And so to turn up and put in a dire performance like we did is by no means acceptable, but it is uh, something that was always around the corner. It's something that was always likely. And I think you've got to take that into consideration Does that mean we're going to go crashing out of the Europa League because we were beaten by Liverpool at the weekend, the side who finished a massive, whopping 43 points clear of us last season? No, it doesn't. And we need to put that out of our minds. It's clear that the players didn't follow the the instructions set by the manager. It's clear that they didn't apply themselves in the way he would have liked. He made that very, very clear, didn't he, in all his post match stuff. Mikel Arteta was not happy at all. And The problem is that when we react the way we did after that, you know, fine, immediately after the game, you're upset, you're frustrated. But when that reaction spills over into the week ahead, that must have a negative impact, right? That must have a detrimental effect on the group. Because imagine the additional pressure that we are putting on our team by literally going from two weeks ago, one in Mikel Arteta, to sign a new deal and, and some people suggesting he's the Messiah because we beat Tottenham Hotspur to all of a sudden going to get Mikel Arteta out after we lose a game a few weeks later. It's, the the polarity of the opinions is absolutely crazy and it needs to calm down. There needs to be more balance and there needs to be a more sensible outlook of on sort of where Arsenal find themselves at the moment and a greater understanding of the fact that we have been inconsistent, that's not going to change overnight. And losing to Liverpool isn't a disgrace. I know the performance wasn't good, but that's not the only game this season where we haven't played badly. I just feel like the overreaction was too much. And can you imagine pulling on that Arsenal shirt, walking out on the pitch, knowing that if you don't play to your maximum, you're going to be completely scapegoated. You're going to be on the receiving end of dog's abuse online, your manager's job is going to be in question. I get that there needs to be accountability and I get that there needs to be a level of expectation that needs to be adhered to. I get all of that and I get that there needs to be a standard. But that standard is not the standard we set in 2004 anymore. And we have to realise that when measuring this Arsenal team. Overall, Arsenal have underachieved this season. There's no getting away from that. But all I would say is temper the reactions a little bit and, and temper them to the point where, you know, it, and listen, if you watch that game back and you feel like it was an absolute disgrace and you feel like Mikel Arteta should go off of the back of that, that's absolutely fine. That's your, that's your opinion. I'll just urge you to think twice about the bigger picture before going absolutely crazy on it because I think that that crazy reaction has a knock-on effect on other people and, and it ends up causing this toxic atmosphere that we as a fan base have been talking about for far too long now. It's a problem and um, particularly at a time when Arsenal is struggling, I don't think that um, we're helping the team by not supporting them and by becoming almost their biggest critics. It's yes, you can criticise your team. Yes, you can be um, upset. Yes, you can be disappointed and you can voice those opinions as long as you do it in the right way. But I do feel like the reaction has been over the top and I feel like that is going to have a detrimental effect on what we do tonight. I feel like the pressure that we've added to the team off the back of, um, you know, the, the reaction to the game against Liverpool is not going to be helpful tonight. I want to see my team go into the game not completely relaxed because that's unhealthy, but with a degree of confidence. And I feel like any confidence that was remaining after that Liverpool game, we as a fan base, and me as well, because I reacted quite badly after the game, immediately after the game. I think we're guilty of of, of making, of turning that sort of, or at least erasing that little bit of confidence that maybe the the players did have in them by going well over the top off the back of that game against Liverpool. But that's my opinion. I think that tonight we need to get behind our team. We need to support our team. No moaning and groaning, no, you know, throwing the toys at the pram when the team news comes out, etc, etc. Let's get behind our team tonight in what is undoubtedly our most important game of the season let's go over into the live chat and see uh, what you guys are saying. Uh, Inter says, uh, is that down in tools for the manager then, just like Gary Neville said? I don't agree with what Gary Neville said, mate. And I don't agree with what Gary Neville said because, you know, four of those players that started the game at the weekend don't normally start under Mikel Arteta, right? And that is why, um, you know, you could argue they look a little bit disengaged. But for me, it wasn't even about that. It was about just not being able to lay a glove on Liverpool because we weren't good enough as a football team. I think the effort levels were unacceptable, more so in the second half where we just didn't, you know, there was no desire to try and get back in the game. But, you know, up until half time, we didn't play very well, but we stayed in the game. And I don't think that was due to, you know, I don't think that we'd have done that if the application wasn't right. I think in the second half, the application was terrible. Um, And that, plus the fact we were unable to lay a glove on Liverpool, contributed to us being easily beaten in the end. Um, Junior Gunner says it's plain and simple progress, though, or leave. I I get that. I get that. And Mikel Arteta, his side have stuttered. There's no getting away from that. I support him. I back him and I want him uh, to continue in the job for a little bit longer because I think it's impossible to have turned this ship around in such a short space of time given the level of issues that we had. And you've also got to factor in, and I know other managers have this issue too, but it's even more, what's the word? It's even more disruptive when you're going for a rebuild, when you think that we've had three months of Mikel Arteta's reign where there was no football and he was unable to work with his group as well. So shave three months off of the time that he's been with the team and been able to work with the team. And then you get a real reflection of how long he's actually had to try and turn this side around. Listen, if, if Mikel Arteta goes and wins the Europa League, you'll make a lot of people look silly because he'd have achieved the club's objective at the start of the season, which would have been to, comp- to challenge for Champions League football. He'd have exceeded that by actually doing it if he went on and won the Europa League. It's not to say we are going to go on and win the Europa League, but if we can navigate past Slavia Prague, Dynamo Zagreb or Villarreal, are both decent sides. Of course, they wouldn't Be at this stage of the competition if they weren't. But sides that Arsenal are capable of beating and sides that we should be beating. And before you know it, Arsenal could be in a European final and potentially go one better than they did under Unai Emery. So all I'm saying is when we're talking about the progress, we know that the league form has been abysmal. There's been a number of factors in that. There's been poor performances from individuals, individual errors. I think we've lost a lot of points due to refereeing decisions as well, which is out, of course of Mikel Arteta's control. So I think if you factor all of that in, you know, then, you know, perhaps you could give Mikel Arteta a little bit of a break. Listen, I have said it time and time again, if Arsenal do not win the Europa League and Arsenal start next season in similar vein to the way they've started this season, then I'll be the first person to apply pressure on Mikel Arteta. But I just can't do it without him having had a full season under his belt. I was, it was different with Emery for me. And a lot of people ask me that question. They always say to me, why was it different with Emery in terms of you, um, you know, in terms of you giving him less time? And I guess for me, it was because in Unai Emery, we had an experienced manager. We had somebody who had been there and done it, who had experience of, of success and sort of building a side. So in Unai Emery, I expected quicker results because he wasn't a rookie. Now, whether you agree with the club, appointing a rookie in Mikel Arteta or not was a completely, um, was a completely different thing. But, um, you know, having appointed him, I think we've got to be fair to him. And that that's the issue here. Also, I think that Mikel Arteta hired a bigger mess than Unai Emery did. And and that is up for debate, I know. And a lot of people will see, will see, see it as the opposite but for me Unai Emery had better players um not in all areas you know there's some players that Arsenal bought in since that uh since his departure that have made the team uh look better at times <laughs> but you know to lose somebody as influential as Laurent Koscielny for example Petr Cech, who probably was a better goalkeeper than Bern Leno let's have it right um even at that age he didn't make as many mistakes didn't give you such sort of fear at the back. And Aaron Ramsey as well, a midfield dynamo that we could really do with right now, having lost all of those players, um, you know, and having to to rebuild again without them, I think has made it more difficult for Mikel Arteta. People talk about Kieran Tierney. Unai Emery had Nacho Monreal, who was pretty reliable as well in terms of his fitness as well. So I think you can make a case for both. But in my personal opinion, I think uh, that, that Unai Emery inherited a better side uh, than uh, than Mikel Arteta has now. And I I genuinely believe that. Uh, What else have we got here in the live chat? Kamal says, uh, I love this type of comment. Fire me up on a Thursday. You weren't fair on Emery. That's why you're stuck on Arteta. Absolute nonsense. Kamal says he went on TalkSport and said we deserve it. Yeah, there are Arsenal fans out there who deserve it. I stick by that point. There are Arsenal fans out there who don't deserve to see their team enjoy success because they were quick to hound out a club legend. Not, not just to hound him out, that's probably the wrong term, right? Hounding him out means you're, you're kind of campaigning for him to move on and he should have moved on. But I tell you what, the abuse that some people sent in Arsene Wenger's direction and due to Mikel Arteta now and did to Unai Emery, because for all my criticism towards Unai Emery, I never abused the guy. Those people, they do deserve uh, what's going on right now because they're not Arsenal supporters. Supporters get behind their team. They support their team. They drive their team on. They can be critical, of course, but in the right way. Be constructive about it. And unfortunately, the abuse and the criticism that some fans feel is acceptable is just completely wrong. And um, those people, in my opinion, do deserve it. I stand by that comment and I'm not changing it uh, because people that sit there, And uh, have a go uh, at people, at individuals and call them this and call them that and and direct vow abuse on social media. They're cowards and they're pathetic. Final comment I'm going to pick up from Kamal because I don't want to deal with the trolls too much because we've got more important things to discuss. But he says, deluded support is not support. No, Deluded is thinking that it's 2004. Deluded is thinking that Arsenal have a right to finish in the top four. Deluded is thinking that Mikel Arteta has a good enough side to finish in the top four. And deluded is sitting there in 2021 pretending that Arsenal should be competing for the Premier League title. That, my friend, is delusion. Adjusting your expectations to be more realistic is actually being pragmatic and and, and is being more realistic. Delusion is demanding that Arsenal challenge for the Premier League title at a time when they're a million miles off of it. There you go. There you go. And I'm not saying all fans. I'm not saying all fans. And 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 the sensible people know that and the sensible people understand that. But there are a section of our fan base who need to give themselves a wobble, need to look in the mirror. It is pathetic. And uh, honestly, at times, I'm ashamed to be an Arsenal fan when I read some of the crap and drivel that that people put out online. Um, Inter goes on to say supporters pay over a thousand pound a year for a season ticket to to be fair I agree the abuse is wrong but we should be at least challenging for the top four or top six I've got no issue mate with people uh, thinking that Arsenal should be challenging for the top four that they've underachieved this season and should have done it but there's been a lot of factors as to why that's not happened I've never said that Arsenal haven't underachieved in the Premier League all I'm saying is that You've got to be having seen the way the first half of the season panned out. You've got to then adjust your expectations. You can't see Arsenal languishing down in fifth at the half fifteenth, uh, sorry, at the halfway point, and then all of a sudden kick off when they're not in the top four or not in the top six. Come the end of the campaign, this has been on the cards for a while. That's my point. And in response to that point about the thousand pound a year, I too pay that money to go and watch Arsenal. Um, that's as simple as it is. I can see plenty of you disagree with me. On on Unai Emery um, having a better squad. It's a game of opinions, my friend. And if you disagree, that's absolutely fine. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna sit and and discredit your opinion. But my opinion is that Unai Emery had a better side. My opinion is that in the summer Unai Emery joined Arsenal, went out and got five or six players to enhance his squad. Maybe not all the players uh, that he wanted. But they got in players to address areas in which he and the club, which was operating under a different model at the time, identified uh, as, uh, as needing rectifying. So simple as that. Um, I was spot on about Unai Emery. Nobody can deny that. I called him out as not being the right man much earlier than other people. And it's not to brag about it, but it's, you know, you, you, why, how can you discredit that opinion when it proved to be right? simple as that um but let's let's go back to the game tonight because obviously that's what we're we're mainly here to talk about um let's see uh the starting 11 that I would go with for this one. And there's a lot of decisions for Mikel Arteta to make this evening. Of course, David Luiz ruled out could be out for a number of weeks. I'd be surprised if if I'm honest, if David Luiz gets back and fit again before the end of the season, of course, Kieran Tierney has been ruled out uh, for four to six weeks. And Martin Odegaard is a doubt tonight, which is another potential problem for Arsenal. Of course, um, of course, Granit Xhaka returns, Bukayo Saka returns, as does Virgil Smith Rowe, which is all positive news. But let's uh, let's get into it, and I'm going to share with you guys my starting eleven. And feel free to jump in in the comments. Let me know what you think. Burn Leno is the Arsenal number one. Has not always convinced me at times? But I think he is uh, he's still of a superior standard to Matt Ryan. And of course, Burn Leno, for all his mistakes, he does have um, he does have the uh, the ability. Uh, to, to pull off excellent saves and saves that can see you uh, win vital points and win vital games. So Berlino starts in goal for me. At right back, I'm going to go with Hector Bayerin, and I'll come on to explain why in a little bit because, and the main reason why is that because I'm going to play Cedric at left back. Um, there's been talk of Bukayo Saka returning at left back i just think that takes away too much from us as an attacking force and i don't see the point in unsettling two positions when you can um when you can only unsettle when you can get away with just disrupting one so cedric comes in at left back for me i don't like uh, callum chambers at right back i know he played well against west ham but i don't think that's something that's sustainable and i think saturday although he wasn't the only one who underperformed you, you saw that uh, moving in uh sort of to the centre-back position I've gone with uh Rob Holding actually uh, because he's the only right-footed centre-back that we've got and again I talk about you know the 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 fact that you can play two left footers or you can play two right footers and it's probably not a problem Um, you know it's I think this is what Mikel Arteta will do, and I'm willing to give Rob Holding the benefit of the doubt after a poor performance the other day, and I put it down to rust. I think he's shown that he can do a good job this season um, when he gets a a run of games, and he is probably going to get a run of games now, so I'd play Rob Holding in there. But interestingly, alongside him, I'm not going with Gabriel. I'm going with Pablo Marie, and that is largely because he and Rob Holding, they complement each other really, really well. I think at centre-back, more than pretty much anywhere else on the field, barring maybe centre-midfield, partnerships are key. Uh, partnerships are absolutely key. And I think those two form a better partnership uh, than the one uh, that Gabriel and Holding have shown uh, in, uh, you know, whenever they've been called upon. So I go with Pablo Marie for that reason. Um I know I said I'm moving on for it, but I'm just going to pick up this this comment quickly. Uh, Jack Burgess says, Arteta has improved our defence. The fact is he hasn't. That's factual. And you can't argue with that Arteta's non-negotiables are hilarious. Actually, if you compare the last 50 games, uh, and I've got it written down here, actually, from the Sports show yesterday. In the first 50 games, Emery's Arsenal conceded 70 goals in the Premier League. Mikel Arteta's conceded 56 14 less. Mikel Arteta's side have kept 15 clean sheets, whereas Unai Emery's side have kept 10 clean sheets. There are your facts, Jack. There you go. Doing a Rafa Benitez on you there. <laughs> there are your facts. Um, if we want to talk about facts, there you go. Um, Let's go back to the team and let's, uh, let's talk about the centre of midfield. And for me, I don't care what anybody says because... It was as clear as day how much this guy was missed at the weekend. Granite Xhaka has to come back in. Arsenal's most important midfielder. Maybe not necessarily the best. Perhaps Thomas Partey is the best and Thomas Partey should play alongside him, in my opinion. But Granite Xhaka's positional discipline um, has shown uh, has shown to be so, so important to this system. And, uh, you know it was abundantly clear how much he was missed at the weekend and he receives a lot of criticism. And sometimes some of that has been justified, but I tell you what, he has, uh, he has nailed himself down as a permanent fixture in this team. Is there an argument that in the longer term we need to upgrade him and move forward? Maybe, but right now, based on our current options, he is the most important player that Mikel Arteta can select in the middle of the park. And if he's available, which we're led to believe he is after suffering illness at the weekend, he 100% has to start. Now, assuming that Martin Odegaard is unavailable because he is a doubt. He's got a problem with his ankle. And if there's any sense of doubt, I probably wouldn't risk him because, you know, we're going to need him uh, as this uh, Europa League campaign uh, sort of progresses, hopefully. Uh, So I wouldn't play Martin Odegaard if there's a doubt, but I would bring Emil Smith-Rowe, back into that central attacking midfield position. It's a position that prior to Odegaard's arrival, he made his own, he did brilliantly in, and um, he's shown that he's more than capable of operating in that role. You know, he's he's better playing centrally than he is from the left, although he's done that job pretty well too. But Emil Smith-Rowe comes into the side there for me. A lot of debate around the forward positions, and, and I think at centre forward, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer for me anyway. And I know people... We disagree with this, but I think Alexander Lacazette brings far more to our overall f- forward play uh, than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. I think... When you're talking about goals overall this season, I think only two or three separate them. Lacazette is our top scorer in the Premier League. But what he brings out of the players around him is key for me. And that is why I would play Alexander Lacazette uh, through the middle. I know a lot of people want to see Gabriel Martinelli start from the left. I'm not really sure about that tonight. I would entertain it, though, if Mikel did it. I wouldn't be up in arms or anything. But I want to see Nicolas Pepe given a go from the left. I think whenever he's played well this season, it's been from the left. And I'll tell you what, he's combined brilliantly, hasn't he, with Cedric. Because with Cedric bombing on and having to come infield because he's right-footed and playing on his wrong side, having a left-footed winger in Pepe, who then goes on the outside, I think gives us a variety to our attack. So I'd really like to see Nicolas Pepe given an opportunity from the beginning um, tonight, but on the left, only if it's on the left. If it's on the right, I don't want to see him in the starting 11. I think it makes a significant difference to his level where he is deployed, and I want to see him playing from the left. And on the right, Bakayo Saka, assuming he's fit enough, should come in from the start for me. So that is my Arsenal team uh, to start. Uh, against Slavia Prague in the first leg of our UEFA Europa League quarterfinal maybe some controversial shouts in there and I'm open to discussing them in the chat get your questions in uh, now while I quickly run through that lineup for the benefit of those listening on the audio one more time Uh, get your questions in good or bad positive or negative want to dig me out bring it on Um, I'm fired up today I'm looking forward to the game bring it on in the chat let's do it um Let's go through that team one more time. 1 to 11. Burn Leno in goal. Back four for me of Hector Bellerin, Rob Holding, Pablo Marie and Cedric in the center of midfield. I've gone with Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey. I want to see Emil Smith Rowe in the number 10 position. Pepe from the left, Saka from the right and Lacazette through the middle. No Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I don't want to see him in the starting lineup tonight. His attitude stinks. I've been really disappointed with his performances on top of that. And I don't want to see him in the starting eleven. And Mikel has to be ruthless. He has to set a precedent. The guy's not performing. Stop picking him all the time. Um, so, yeah, that that's my team. And, and those are the reasons why. Big hello to Lathan as well, uh, who's uh, outside painting. Uh, hope you're well, mate. And hope work uh, passes by quickly for you. So we can uh, so you can enjoy the game a little bit later on. Uh, as well, uh, Omar says holding after his performance the other day. I think with um, I think with with David Luiz being ruled out for a significant period of time, I think that Mikel Arteta will go with Rob Holding because of his almost obsession uh, with playing with uh, with a right sided player at right centre back, and I think that we're going to benefit from holding getting a run of games now because he's shown that when he comes in and out on the odd occasion, he's just not quite able to to hit the ground running. So I think we benefit from Rob Holding playing a run of games. And I think it's what Mikel will do. And I think it's probably uh, what he should do as well. So that's why I've gone with him. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't, Good at the weekend, but nobody was. And, and I think too much has been made of him losing out aerially. And, and I think not enough has been made of how good that ball into the box was from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Genuinely, a um, across his pinpoint perfect on the striker's head like that and put into that sweet spot that just makes it out of reach for the defender. I'm not sure there's a lot they can do. And I think the criticism he's received off the back of that has been a little bit over the top. Uh, let's pick out. Uh, A couple of uh, questions. Graham Asher says, Hi, Harry, what other formation would you choose from the one we have now? I think currently, Graham, this is our best formation. I think this gives us the most balance and I'm not sure I would change it. Um, Obviously, we've shown earlier in the season that we're capable of defending effectively with a back three and then that two man midfield pivot. But we lose a lot in attack without that number 10. And that is the player that Mikel Arteta sacrifices when he plays that way. Uh, that's an option i suppose um but for me this is the the most balanced formation i think a 4-3-3 doesn't quite work with the personnel we've got and so a 4-2-3-1 which is a a slight tweak to the 4-3-3 i think works a little bit better um and, and it's probably our, our number one formation uh, ashton says did you fix the fence luckily mate it wasn't broken but it sounded like it bloody was uh, if you haven't seen what I'm banging on about. Check out yesterday's stream, uh, where I was rudely interrupted by a delivery man who wouldn't just leave my parcel, and decided he was going to try and knock down my fence to get my attention, uh, as I was out in the garden. Well, I had the door open into the garden, so he could obviously hear me talking, um, and that's why he tried to get my attention. Absolute madness. But there you go. Uh, what else have we got here? A couple of you disagreeing with the the, the dropping of Pierre Emerick Bamiang, and that's absolutely fine. Um, But for me, he doesn't deserve, doesn't deserve to play. Uh, Brad says, do you think Mikel could be tempted into a back three sacker at left wing back? I think he'll consider it, Brad. I do. I think he will consider it. I just think that we've been, I just think that we've not been, we've not been able to offer anything as an attacking force when we've played that way. And if we were going to play that way, where we're going to try and invite Slavia Prague on, then I'd probably say that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang should play because he's more suited to playing on the counter-attack. But I don't expect Slavia Prague to come and be overly ambitious at the Emirates. I think they will try and venture forward when they get chances because an away goal obviously carries significant weight in this competition. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Mikel Arteta goes with. But I think... He's almost settled in this formation since Christmas, and I don't see him going back on that. In terms of a prediction, though, um, I am going to go with, uh, let's have a think. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Arsenal win. I think we'll score goals tonight. I really do. Um, particularly if we play the right team. I think we'll score goals tonight, but I'm not sure we'll be able to keep a clean sheet. And and fingers crossed, if we do concede a goal, um, we'd have still secured a a strong enough, uh, you know, um, a strong enough lead to take into that second leg and and put ourselves in a good position to progress. So 3-1 win for the Arsenal for me. Uh, That's my prediction. I can see some of yours in the chat and I'll read some of them out. Uh, Miss Molina's gone 2-1 Arsenal. Josh says 2-0 Arsenal. John says uh, 2-0 Arsenal. Uh, K, 3-0 Arsenal. Um, What else have we got? Patrick's gone with a 1-1. Matt G says 3-1. I think they'll score, but we have enough to win this. And as is rightly pointed out uh, in the chat by Brad, uh, Slavia Prague have issues at the centre of their defence uh Peanut Butter Jelly Time says 4-2 to Arsenal. Steve's gone with a 2-1 win, 2-2. Uh, Inter's gone with a 1-0. Edward 2-0, and Gary goes with a 2-1. So um that's what I've uh that's what you guys are going with. I'm sticking with the 3-1. Let's see how it goes. Don't forget you can join me tonight for the live watch along. There was no watch along at the weekend due to uh me working on the Leicester City game uh before that, and I wasn't able to get um get back from work on time, uh, on time enough to start a watch along. But we will be doing that tonight. So we'll be live on this channel from 7.45, live commentary. Um, And of course, I'll be uh, sharing and exchanging thoughts with you guys uh, in the chat box. So really looking forward to that. And fingers crossed we get a game uh, to match that as well. Here's a little bit of a good omen for you. The last time Arsenal played Slavia Prague, we beat them 7-0 at the Emirates Stadium. So uh, maybe we could take some confidence. Uh, from that. But listen, I'll be back later on with that live watch along and then a post-match show after that. Make sure you check out the Le Bomb app, get involved with it, get involved with your friends over the weekend, have a bit of banter, have a bit of fun. Um You know, it's what it's all about. Get involved in this brand new predictor game, and we thank them once again for their kind support of the podcast. Make sure you check out the link in the description, and you check out the link pinned in the comments uh, if you're watching us live. I'll catch you all later. Until then, take care. Come on, you Gunners! Did I say 7:45? I meant 8 p.m. There you go. Uh, Catch you all later. Ciao. No. What? Hold on. Hold on. I said 7:45 because the watch along starts at 7:45 there you go just to clarify that kickoff is at 8 p.m i know that but the watch along kicks off at 7 45 so come and join me for that right now i really mean it goodbye catch you all later ciao you're listening to the chronicles of aguna the arsenal podcast i'm martin tyler and you're listening to harry Simeon.